Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Medisodes. Today, we're going to be looking at one of the most important things in modern medicine. It's not a new treatment technology. It's not a new type of surgery or specialty. Instead, it's probably the foundation of all academic medical research. Today, we are talking about medical journals, why they exist, who they're for, what they do, and all their pros and cons. And to kick us off, it's Surya, who's going to be talking about why journals are so important in scientific fields. So first, I'm going to be talking about the purpose of journals in science. Scientific journals represent the most vital means for spreading research findings and are usually specialized for different academic disciplines or sub-disciplines. Often the research challenges common assumptions and the research data presented in the published scientific literature in order to gain a clearer understanding of the facts and findings. Depending upon the policies of a given journal, articles may include reports of original research, re-analysis of others' research, reviews of the literature in a specific area, proposals of new but untested theories or opinion pieces. The importance of journals in academic life goes beyond providing a means of communication and a permanent record. Journal articles are the final output of most research and a researcher's performance and productivity are judged largely on the number of publications as well as where they appear. Journals have become deeply embedded in academic infrastructure. They are central to career paths, including both funding and appointments. Author surveys confirm that furthering my career and future funding are important motivations in publishing their work. Journals are often selective and specialised in their coverage. As they, as they compete for papers, their identity serves as a proxy for the research published there and its significance. The impact factor of a journal is akin to the term megapixel for digital cameras. The importance of a journal to a particular community is not always reflected in its impact factor. Authors may publish for a variety of reasons and the type of article can vary substantially. A journal is often perceived to comprise research articles, but there are a wide variety of articles that serve the purpose of communication and provide valuable information to the community. News, editorials, letters, reviews, commentaries, images, audio clips and other forms of article can be equally valuable to researchers and can also be found in journals. Now on to Shrey, who will be talking about how to get a journal published. Um, so now let's actually look at how do we actually get published in these medical journals. So to start with, we obviously have to have a good idea uh, for a study. And we need to make sure that the question is relevant and adds to the knowledge of the scientific community. A frequent reason that the places like the BMJ reject articles is because it doesn't add to the literature. And you can't really solve that by improving or revising the article itself. That's fundamentally down to the research you've been doing. And so when we're looking at getting ourselves published in journals, we have to look at, is the topic interesting and important in this medical community? And does our paper have a clear purpose? Does it have a clear hypothesis and a clear aim in what it's trying to achieve? Secondly, once you have this, you have to have... Um, 
you have to choose the right journal because there are many different types. Uh, for example, uh, there's very general ones, for example, the BMJ and many others that Anapan will come on to later. There's also many specialist ones, for example, uh, diabetologia, obesity, depending on kind of the nature of your article, that will really de define where you target your article. So, and this is important to consider before you even start writing, because depending on who is interested in it, you're going to have to tailor the paper to that audience in order to maximize your chance of being published. And I guess when you're choosing this, you have to be realistic and you can't just, obviously there are many, uh, for example, the New England Journal of Medicine is obviously one of the highest and the Lancet is two of the most high impact medical journals, but being realistic, only the very, very best research and the most cutting edge gets put in those articles, in those journals. So you mean you need to consult colleagues, you need to have, also you need to have backups as well. Oh, and not just relying on one journal to have your research published. But also as you get more experience and you have a bigger history behind you of quality articles, perhaps some of these journals might come and start to approach you instead of you going to them. Or, and as you go on, it's also far more likely that you're going to uh, be accepted as well. And in terms of writing, so we, we haven't even got to the writing yet, but um, even before that, you need to first read the instructions to authors of the intended journals that you want to publish in. And this is very important because the wrong style of format can really leave a negative impression on editors who think this person doesn't really care about my particular journal. And it's, and it's important to read the journals uh, that you're trying to get published in to understand what they're looking for in an article. And then there's really simple things as well. For example, spelling, punctuation, and grammar. You might know from GCSE exams or A um, that SPAG. SPAG is incredibly important. Don't assume that the editor or sub-editor will fix your mistakes. Uh, and again, it creates a negative impression that there's loads of spelling mistakes or is really weirdly formatted. Also making sure that it's really um, succinct and the way you write needs to be uh, not very you can't waffle on for very long and it's important also to have a really good abstract because that's like the that's the first thing people read and that really going to set a good impression and again again with quality having high quality figures and diagrams and making sure that you can easily read what the diagram does and that it's not just repeating a data from from the article is very important and once you finish writing it, you need to look at asking colleagues for um, any a re to review it and to make sure that what you're writing is it makes sense and it's correct. And then once you've done all that and you made uh, you think you're ready to uh, it's a finished article, then you need to submit it to um, the journals that you intend to, to have it published in. And. Um, you need to send the manuscript to the publication. Um, and then if they like your article, then they'll have to, they'll themselves have a peer review process. And if you're, if you're fortunate enough, uh, they will publish you. But obviously we've got to be realistic about the fact that many articles are rejected. 
For example, over 7,000 articles get submitted to the BMA every year, but only 7% of them actually end up being published in the BMJ. And again, that's going back to having realistic expectations. If you're only just starting out and you've not written many articles, it's probably better to go for specialized journals as well as uh, journals with lower impact factors to have a greater chance of publishing, although you should probably approach multiple journals. And if you get rejected, it, it obviously it will probably hurt a bit, but it's important then to go back, see what you can improve, uh, especially if it's just something to do with the way you wrote it rather than the actual research, and then try again. And so all about perseverance, and eventually you will get your article published. So, I guess that rounds up how to get your, your article published in a journal. And now we're going on to Anapam to talk about some of the uh, famous medical journals that exist. And we're going to be kicking off with the New England Journal of Medicine, or the NEJM. It was for, it's published by the Massachusetts Medical Society, which is the oldest continuously operating state medical association in the United States based obviously in the state of Massachusetts. Their journal is the oldest continually published medical journal in the entire world, and to get an article printed in it is extremely prestigious. It was founded in September 1811 as the New England Journal of Medicine and Surgery and Collateral Branches of Science, with the first issue published in January 1812. It was then later purchased by the Massachusetts Medical Society for the low, low price of just $1 in 1921, and they renamed it to the New England Journal of Medicine in 1928, and the name has stuck since. Their logo it depicts the rod of Asclepius, which is a very common medical symbol, crossed over with a quill pen, representing obviously their academic articles. The dates on the logo represent the founding dates of all the component journals that were merged to form the current NEJM. And as it's such a prestigious journal with such a storied history, there have been many notable articles first published in it with notable medical breakthroughs. These include Henry Bigelow's breakthrough in surgical anesthetics, where he recorded the first use of inhaled ether in surgery in 1846. Make sure to check out Medisodes episode 45 on anesthesia for more on how anesthesia works. In 1948, Sidney Farber reported in the NEGM the use of a folic acid inhibitor called aminopterin to treat childhood leukemia. Although then he emphasized that it wasn't a cure, this was the first big step in treating cancer. In December 1981, two articles were published in the NEGM which described a clinical course of four patients, and this was the first detailing of the disease that would later come to be known as AIDS. Most recently, in October 2020, the journal published an editorial signed by all 34 editors at the time, condemning the Trump administration in America's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. This marks the first time the NEJM has ever supported or condemned a political candidate, and it's only the fourth time ever that all editors currently working at the journal have signed an editorial. The journal has the highest impact factor of all journals of internal medicine, with an impact factor of 79.258 as of 2017. The Inglefinger rule 
is a rule in scientific publishing that stipulates that a journal will not publish findings that have been previously published elsewhere, whether this be in other media or other journals. But this rule actually originates from the New England Journal of Medicine and is named for Franz J. Inglefinger, who was the editor-in-chief who enunciated this rule in 1969. The primary reason for this rule is claimed to be that it prevents authors artificially inflating their publication record. However, many claim that the real reason is to protect journals' revenue streams. The New England Journal of Medicine makes all its articles open access, but only after a delayed period of six months. In that time, people have to pay a subscription fee to access them. However, there are certain exceptions to this paywall, and these are in four main categories. Presentations from scientific meetings and conferences will not be paywalled. Judgments made by public health authorities, such as the NIH or CDIC, can supersede the paywall. Any publications released during the course of a governmental proceeding, such as a congressional hearing, will also bypass it. And finally, in cases of public health crises, such as the AIDS crisis of the late 80s or the COVID-19 pandemic of recent years, will also bypass the paywall. Next, we're going to talk about the second most famous and popular medical journal, which is based in England, founded in 1823 by Thomas Wackley. It is also one of the oldest and best known medical journals and is named after the surgical medical instrument called a lancet, also a scalpel. The Lancet has an impact factor of 59.102, ranking it second after the New England Journal of Medicine in the category of internal medicine journals. However, unlike the New England Journal of Medicine, it has several specialty journals that help make up the Lancet. These include the Lancet Neurology, the Lancet Oncology, the Lancet Infectious Diseases, Respiratory Medicine, Psychiatry, Diabetes and Endocrinology, Gastroenterology and Hepatology, the Lancet Global Health, which was first their first full access journal launched in 2013, the Lancet Hematology, the Lancet HIV, both of which launched in 2018 as online-only research titles, and most recently in 2017, the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health. The first three I mentioned, the Lancet Neurology, the Lancet Oncology, and the Lancet Infectious Diseases, have all become widely reputed in their own right, having impact factors between 25 and 35, and becoming just as prestigious for people in their fields to be published in as the Lancet itself. Also, unlike the New England Journal of Medicine, the Lancet has many times in the past taken political stances on several both medical and non-medical issues. For example, in 1998, the journal published a paper in which the authors suggested a link between the MMR vaccine and autism spectrum disorder. This was repudiated in 2004 by 10 of the paper's 13 co-authors, following not only widespread backlash, but also the revelation that the study's lead author, Andrew Wakefield, had a serious undeclared conflict of interest. Andrew Wakefield is now a disgraced doctor, and for more information, check out our episode on Common Medical Myths Debunked. The political intrigue doesn't stop there, though. In 2003, the Lancet published a December editorial calling for the complete ban of tobacco use in the UK, titled How Do You Sleep at Night, Mr Blair? Tony Blair being the Prime Minister at the time. The editorial received widespread criticism from both pro-smoking groups who saw that as an attack on their way of life, but also anti-smoking groups who understood that this would be a draconian measure and would criminalise over 26% of the UK's population at the time. However, the journal has defended its hardline stance in this 
and has periodically backed this claim with further letters and editorials. Most recently, in February 2020, The Lancet published a letter signed by 27 scientists stating, we stand together to strongly condemn conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin and overwhelmingly conclude that this coronavirus originated in wildlife. They also added that conspiracy theories do nothing but create fear, rumours and prejudice that jeopardise our global collaboration in the fight against this virus. This letter received a widespread criticism for not only condemning scientists who brought up the lab leak theory as conspiracy theorists, but also for destroying the debate over COVID-19's origins before it even began. In September 2021, a group of 16 scientists published a follow-up letter in The Lancet saying that research-related hypotheses are not a misinformation or conjecture, and that scientific journals should open their columns to in-depth analysis of all hypotheses. This letter was widely seen as a massive U-turn from their previous stance regarding COVID-19's origins in their previous 2020 letter, and a few subsequent letters also published. Today, the journal's editor-in-chief is Richard Horton, who's been in the role since 1995. The journal also has offices all around the world, in London, New York, and Beijing, and remains one of the most influential journals in medicine. Now, I've talked long about these massive, internationally famous journals, but what sort of impact do they have on the real world? And what are the pros and cons of all their notoriety? To talk more about that, I'm handing over to Adrian. As with everything, medical journals come with their pros and cons. To start off with, I'll go through some of the pros of publishing research in medical journals. The first advantage of publishing work in medical journals is that it makes research more widely available. Medical journals are accessible all over the world, and so publishing the research allows scientists all around the world to know the findings. As research as a whole is a continuous process that builds on the work of others, sharing findings in a medical journal allows for other researchers to use it in their own work, which can in turn help accelerate the rate of discovery of new theories, and thus new therapies and treatments. Another advantage of publishing work in medical journals is that it allows for research to be peer-reviewed. Peer review is a process by which scientists check other scientific work to ensure that it is thorough, valid and follow the scientific process. The scientific process is a set of rules that govern all research that is done to ensure that the data collection methods are fair, to ensure that processing is done in a valid manner and to ensure that conclusions drawn are not excessive of the evidence available. This peer review process involves checking for accuracies, bias in data collection methods errors in data processing and checking that any conclusions drawn are fully supported by the evidence available. Peer reviewing helps to eliminate false information from being released to the public or indeed to other researchers. This helps keep research and scientific progress from being misled. It also helps spot researchers who may be manipulating data with intent for personal gain. Removing such articles helps to make sure that the current knowledge is a scientific truth, that is, Knowledge that is fully supported by the evidence available until disproven. However, there are several disadvantages that come with medical journals. Medical journals can be used to intentionally convey misleading results with the intent of personal gain. A notable example of this is the paper that was published in 1993 where Dr. Wakefield claimed he had found an alleged connection between the MMR vaccine and the occurrence of autism in children. 
numerous peer reviews found that the method used in collecting the data was incompatible with the scientific method, and so all evidence and conclusions stated in the article are invalid. However, despite not being peer-reviewed, the article made it out to publication in a non-peer-reviewed journal, and made headlines on several new commonplace newspapers. This means that a lot of public stopped vaccinating their children against MMR due to the fear of their children developing autism. Ultimately, this resulted in a spike in the number of MMR cases across the globe, which ultimately increased the number of deaths from the disease. From this we can see the devastating impacts that false medical information can give, and medical journals are one way in which doctors and researchers who have their own personal ambitions can convey this. It was found that Wakefield was funded by a company that was against the MMR vaccine. Another disadvantage of medical journals is their accessibility. This contrasts directly with me saying earlier that medical journals make findings available to scientists all around the world. Medical journals are often not free, especially those with a better... Often, medical journals are not free, especially those with a better reputation for thorough peer review, or those that cover topics of greater interest. That is often to cover research costs, writing and publication, as well as ensuring that research companies are able to make a profit so that they can keep running, pay the people who work there, the researchers, the writers, the publishers, and all the admin. Unfortunately, this locks many out from being able to access these papers, mostly because they have no financial incentive to pay for them, as they are just doing independent learning or research, rather than using the data to gain a profit. Using money as a barrier before we access the medical journals means that those who are wealthier or those who have more money to access these journals will be able to access them, and creates a divide between the population of those who wish to read it, the richer being more able to access resources, and thus giving them an unfair advantage. So that sums up some of the key pros and cons of using medical journals to publish research. Now I'll hand back to Anupam. Hopefully this has been a great insight into the workings of medical journals and why they're such an integral part of medicine around the world. As always, thank you for watching today's episode and remember to like, comment and subscribe and share the video with anyone who you think might be interested. We publish videos every Friday, so be sure to tune in next week for our next upload. Thank you for watching and goodbye.